Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we've got a music teacher that teaches music and uh, the intersection it has with racism. Oh, goody. We've got the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, two of the all-time great college football programs. Very good in other sports, too, but college football is most important easily. Possibly joining the SEC? Wow. What a, what a, what a mess that would make and what a powerful conference it would make. We've got a young American lady who, uh, who just did something phenomenal in winning the gold medal for the USA after Simone Bow stepped aside. We've got, uh, well, someone, someone who has criticized Simone Biles for making the decision to, to not compete at, anymore at this year's Olympics in Tokyo. We'll get to that a little bit. And we've got, uh, we've got some of the most hypocritical, transparently BS stuff from DallasJustice.org. Dallas Justice Now. A group of race pimps that uh, are playing the guild card on Whitey to, to get some money, basically. Amazing. You will not believe this story. All of that maybe a little more, maybe a surprise. Who knows? I don't know. I just don't know. Stick with me, kids. Time to kick this pig. Welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought, and let's kick it off with some uh, good news for Team USA, good news for the Olympics in America, and good news for the continued dominance of women's gymnastics for the USA. This is the fifth straight time that the Olympic gold medal for best best over uh, individual performance, I believe it is, has gone to an American woman. It was supposed to go to Simone Biles. She's the defending champion. Everyone in gymnastics says she's the greatest thing they've ever seen. I'm not going to argue with them. She's phenomenal. But she stepped aside because she just was having some some mental health issues. And no, she wasn't saying she's crazy. Uh, but if you, I watched her during doing some of the things in the preliminaries, and 
she was missing. She wasn't sticking landings. I'm not an expert on how to score gymnastics, but you could tell she wasn't her usual self. So something was not quite right. And I thought to myself, maybe she's just, maybe she's just, just either over overconfident or, or more likely she's putting so much pressure on herself because everyone's saying she's going to win the, all the gold medals, uh, both team and individual so easily. So maybe she was just putting too much pressure on herself. For whatever reason, she decided to step aside. And a young lady by the name of Suni Lee has won the gold medal on American. And this is the all-around title. This was uh, Thursday night in Tokyo. And the fifth consecutive American woman and sixth overall to claim gymnastics' biggest prize, joining Carly Patterson, Nastasia Liokin, Gabby Douglas, and Biles as Olympic gold medalists. Lee's victory provided a bright spot in what had been, had been <clears throat> excuse me, a tough week for the U.S. women. Biles, as I said, was heavily, heavily, heavily favored to become the first woman in more than 50 years. Uh, Czechoslovakia's Vera Kozlovska, uh, in 1968 to repeat as Olympic champion. Uh, and uh, Biles had not lost an all-around competition since 2013. So that's a long time. But we sh she withdrew from Tuesday night's team competition uh, after one event, citing mental health concerns. And, and bravo and hats off and God bless you to Suni Lee. Stepped in, took an opportunity, and just, as they say today, owned it. Made it hers. And good for her. Uh, Lee kept the streak of all-around titles alive. When she saw that she had won, her eyes filled with tears, and she exchanged a big hug with her coach, Jess Graba. Uh, Bowles and the rest of the U.S. team sitting in the stands on the opposite side of the arena uh, serenaded her with applause. So apparently Bowles, a good sport about it, still with the team, didn't walk away and just leave, leave Tokyo and say, screw everybody. So good for Suni Lee. So happy for her. I know how hard these all the Olympians work. If you're an Olympic athlete, you have worked, literally worked yourself as much as you can to be that good. And, and it's always good to see that she's an 18-year-old kid. So good for you. The, the world is in your hands now in many ways. And, and best of luck to you. God bless you. And uh, America says thank you. And I don't understand these people, by the way. So I'm not watching the Olympics this year. Why? You're not going to support your country? You're not going to support Team USA? You know, at some point, you got to put politics on the back burner. I understand, believe me, the kneeling during the anthem, the disrespecting the anthem, the, the trashing the country, uh, the Megan Rapino approach is despicable. I hate it. But you know what? Most, most, by far, almost all the Team USA hasn't done those kind of things. So root for Team USA. It's your patriotic damn duty, you know. So get with it, boys and girls.
So good for Suni Lee, but of course, as always, with uh, sports commentary being a very big thing now, everybody wants to be the next Screaming A. Smith. I don't know why, but whatever. But there's another athlete, former athlete, that is not happy with Simone Biles. She quit because what she called a mental block that apparently gymnasts call the twisties. So it was making it difficult for her to focus on her teams and execute them safely. In other words, if she kept going in a team event, she would have hurt the team possibly and could have really injured herself. So that was part of her decision to step aside. I'm not going to question her, her reasoning, because I don't know her. So it's, I'm in no place to say she was wrong or she was right. That's not my business. I wish her the best. Again, she's 22, 23. She's a kid to me. God bless you. Thank you for, for everything you've done. And I hope the rest of your life is wonderful. No problem with it at all. And I'm not, I'm not qualified to speak on it. And sometimes when you're not qualified to speak on something, do everyone a favor and keep your damn mouth shut. But, of course, not everyone can do this. One person who was not thrilled with Bowles' decision is UFC Hall of Famer Michael Bisping. So now I have to piss off a UFC fighter. A UFC Hall of Famer, which would indicate that if you're in a Hall of Fame for UFC, then you're probably pretty good at UFC. So I know I have to piss off a guy that could whip my ass in about two seconds. But I'm going to do it for you, America. I'll risk a physical beating just for you, America. Yes, you're welcome. But Michael Bisping, in a series of tweets, he called uh, Biles a quitter and said that if she had pulled out because she wasn't having a good day, then that's pretty weak. I don't think that was the case. I think, again, when I saw her competing this year, she was not sharp at all. She was having concentration issues or something. So, again, not understanding the world of gymnastics, I'm not going to speak on it. And probably if you're a UFC fighter, you probably shouldn't talk about it, unless it was something somebody on the U.S. boxing team that's different. He, or, or martial arts. I think they have what, judo? Karate? I'm not sure the events. They have a lot of events I didn't know about in the Olympics now. Skateboarding's one. I, I never knew this. That was part of the Olympics trying to get more hip, adding more more uh, more relevant events to raise ratings, of course. I want to know when they have competitive shopping. Yes. Call it the Black Friday event. A bunch of angry housewives will make the team. <laughs> oh, now I pissed off women. So I pissed off a UFC fighter and women. Yeah, I'm going to get my ass beat soon. There's just no way about it. Oh, well, I do it for you people because I love you. And I mean that. Especially you in the pink sweater. Okay. Yeah. Call me later. Anyway, uh, his comments, of course, have garnered a response from Someone who knows exactly what Biles is going through. Dominique Mosino, I probably mispronounced your name, I'm sorry, who won gold as part of the USA Olympic team in 1996, recently took to Twitter to salute Biles and share her own experience with the so-called twisties. 
She tweeted, I was 14 years old with a tibial stress fracture, let alone with no cervical spine exam after this fall. I competed in the Olympic floor final minutes later. Uh, Biles' decision demonstrates what we have that we have a say in our own health uh, and say I never felt I had as an Olympian. So she's saying they have an ability to now, and it's good to say I'm physically not right because they, they should never be pressured, especially a 14-year-old kid, should never, ever be pressured if they're physically hurt. No excuse for that. So, again, I understand the sentiment Bisping has. You don't quit. You don't quit on the team. This isn't quitting on the team, I don't think. And apparently she's still there with her team. So they're still as a team. You know, sometimes you have to have to make a tough decision, I guess. I don't know. But SUNY Lee, congratulations. God bless you. Uh, God bless all the U.S. Olympians except one hammer thrower in Mega Rapino and anybody else who wants to trash the country that is they're supposed to be representing. Again, wait till after the Olympics are over and speak to what you want to speak to in a respectful fashion. No one's going to bash you. But instead, you have to put your own self above your country, above your team. That's what makes people angry. So don't do that, my friends. Don't do that. Now, we got an interesting story and one very close to me because I'm a very big college football fan. You may have noticed. And, of course, obviously my favorite team is the Florida Gators, and they are a prominent member of the Southeastern Conference, the premier top-level cream-of-the-crop college football conference. And they've been on top basically 25 years now as being the, 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 the power conference of the power conferences. And so it's no real surprise that Oklahoma, who is an elite level program and Texas, another elite level program, uh, ESPN said their source uh, indicates that UT and OU are on the verge of telling the big 12 bye-bye and leaving for the SEC. And it could be done, according to David M. Hale, who's a staff writer for ESPN, it could be a matter of just weeks. The Austin American Statesman reported Friday that a Big 12 source believed talks between the SEC and the two schools had been going ongoing for more than six months, uh, though SEC member Texas A&M, which was in the Big 12 before had been left out of discussions. Well, Texas A&M, you're not Texas, you're not Oklahoma. And why would you want to not welcome your former chief rival, Texas? You can play them every year again. I mean, come on. Come on, A&M, you're an elite-level program, too. I don't care if your coach has a, has the ultimate dumb face ever. That's, that's another matter. The fact is, A&M doesn't want... Texas to make the move. Some people believe an SEC source told ESPN's Heather Didich that it's inaccurate that A&M was left out of the conversation. He said, she said, who really cares? Let's just play football. That's what I say. Uh, What else can we see here? 
that is of importance. Now, a Big 12 source also told Dinich that neither OU or UT has officially expressed its desire to leave to the rest of the conference membership. ESPN reported Thursday that both UT and OU would likely owe the Big 12 upward of $76 million apiece to buy out the remainder of their grant of media rights agreement, which runs until 2025. And I would imagine, I don't know, though, they could play through 2025 and then jump conferences. I don't know how all that works. But anyway, that's a lot of money, $76 million. But I'm sure they would find a way to to find it. But if the schools move to the SEC becomes reality, the fallout for the rest of college football would be massive. Any administrator believes the larger impact could significantly damage the sport. Several ACC athletic directors, that's the Atlantic Coast Conference, believe that their league would make a push in the next few years to add both Texas and Oklahoma, along with Notre Dame for some reason because they're irrelevant now, uh, which already is a partial ACC member as it looks to restructure its TV contract. But the suddenness of the Longhorns and Sooners move took them by surprise. One ACC, one ACC athletic director wondered whether this could be the first domino leading to a massive shakeup that would ultimately result in a 32-team super conference. I just don't see that ever happening myself, but who knows? Two other ADs suggested that the best path, best path forward might be for the ACC, Pac-12, and others to work together toward a new media rights package, package that could help counter the outsized strength of a 16-team SEC. Uh, and that would be massive, yes, that power. And no one knows if this happens, when it happens. No one knows right now, uh, would the Big 12 just go away? And the Big 12 hasn't had 12 teams in a long time. And they've lost a lot of teams over the last few years. Uh I would say maybe the, the Big 12 would just get eaten up by their conferences. West Virginia would like to go to the ACC. There's been that expression has been made by West Virginia. They're, they're a geographical fit for the ACC. Uh, the ACC already has a partial membership for Notre Dame. And at some, play, some point in time, Notre Dame is going to realize that they're not really as good as they think they are or special like they used to be. What they are now is a team that needs to join a conference. Okay, the days of independence are over. Uh, not too long ago, Miami, Florida State, Penn State, BYU, Notre Dame were all independents. Now it's just Notre Dame and BYU, basically. Uh, and I could see the Big 12 getting picked apart by the Atlantic, uh, or excuse me, the, was it All-American Conference? Or American Athletic Conference, the AAC which is a pretty big conference. It's not one of the Power Fives. It's right below it. Uh, you have the Big Ten. The Big Ten could easily take Iowa State from the Big 12. They might take uh, Oklahoma State, might take Kansas. Again, if they took Kansas, then the Big Ten could add not Kansas football, which sucks, but Kansas basketball, which is, again, an elite-level program in that sport. It's, it would all shake out. We'll see what happens. But it would be fascinating to watch it happen. It really would be fascinating. Uh, but according to K 
KXAN, an NBC affiliate in Austin, Texas. UTNOU, the headline reads, formally asked for SEC invitation starting in 2025, which means they would leave the Big 12 after 2025. They wouldn't owe $76 million uh, when they left. And it would give some time for other things to shake out. But presidents from both universities sent a letter Tuesday asking for admission to the SEC in 2025, according to this piece by Billy Gates. Sounds like a car dealer. You come on down to Billy Gates, Honda Ford, Pontiac, you know, you name it. We don't make Pontiac anymore, do they? Sorry. You come on down. We'll say you beautiful. We'll say you Mercedes. We'll say anything. We'll say your grandma if we can dig her up fast enough. No credit, no problem. Come on down to Billy Gates Auto Mall. Uh, but Billy Gates reports uh, the letter signed by UT President Jay Hartzell and OU President Joseph Hedders Jr. requests invitations for both schools to join the Powerhouse College Athletics Conference starting on July the 1st, 2025. The joint letter reads in part, we believe that there would be mutual benefit to the universities on the one hand and the SEC on the other hand, and for the universities to become members of the SEC. And if you go to uh, KXAN.com, you can actually read the actual letter written by actual people to the actual SEC. You can actually do that. Just saying. In a, in a statement released on Twitter, SEC Commissioner Greg Sinke called the school's esteemed uh, academic institutions with storied athletic programs. And also, have you seen them in a sundress? I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, that he put out, the SEC Twitter put that out. Then it looks authentic to me. There's that blue check mark you want to look for on Twitter. Statement from SEC Commissioner Greg Sinke. University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, two esteemed academic institutions with storied athletic programs, today submitted formal requests for invitations to become members of the SEC in 2025. While the SEC has not proactively sought new members, we will pursue significant change when there is a clear consensus among our members that such actions will further enrich the experiences of our student athletes and lead to greater academic and athletic achievement across our campuses. The presidents and chancellors of the SEC in their capacity as a conference's chief executive officers will consider uh, these requests in the near future. And per the bylaws of the SEC, a vote of at least three-fourths of the SEC's 14 teams uh, is required to extend an invitation for membership. And that would be, what, 10 teams? Uh, because there's 14, it, it'd have to be 10 of them. And I don't see 10 teams, vote, or, or five teams rather, voting against it. So it looks like it's going to happen, and the question will then become, where does it end? What does it mean after this? Where do we go from there? So that's, uh, that's uh, pretty cool stuff, I guess. And now, my friends... Enough about college football. Let's talk to you, you white Dallas parents with kids. There's a group called Dallas Justice Now. 
and I assume this is a legitimate organization. Its website looks like it was made maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. Maybe they're just not very creative. Uh, but they have an open letter to wealthy white liberals of HPSID. That's, I believe, the Highland Park Independent School District in Dallas, Texas. And Highland Park does have some, some money in it. Uh, to our white allies, talk is not enough. Commit yourself towards taking action and making sacrifices to correct centuries of injustice. Open up spaces for black and Latinx communities by refusing. Listen closely to this part. By refusing to send your kids to Ivy League and U.S. News and World Report top 50 schools and encourage friends, neighbors, and family members to do the same. Imagine if those hundreds of thousands of spots at these institutions were occupied only by marginalized community. Imagine the opportunities. We can achieve true equity within our lifetime, but only, only if white folks are willing to sacrifice their privileges. And you know you're white, you can't be right. You know your privilege is crazy. You've got to pay the price. You have to punish your own kids if you're white. Now, this is the actual pledge you have to sign. I'm not sure if they have to dress up like uh, like something and uh, or be beaten with a wet noodle while they're saying it. But the Dallas Justice Now College pledge goes like this. As a white person with privilege, both for my whiteness and my neighborhood, I recognize the need to make sacrifices for the purpose of correcting hundreds of years of murder, slavery, discrimination, and lack of educational and economic opportunities perpetuated upon people of color, not to mention prime parking spots at the mall. I made that part up. I understand that access to top schools is a key component in economic and social advancements. Therefore, I commit that my children would not apply to or attend any Ivy League school or any U.S. News and World Report top 50 school so that position at that school is available for people of color to help correct historical wrongs. If I do not have children under age 18, then I will commit to encouraging my white privileged friends, neighbors, and family members with children to sign the pledge, holding them accountable until they do so. Have you been asked to take the pledge? Don't be a racist hypocrite. Sign the pledge today. Sincerely, Dallas Justice Now. Well, I don't know. I don't know, folks. Uh, if it's legit, and I have my questions, but there's a form here. You take the pledge now. Name, last name, email. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's a final question on the bottom here. Before you hit submit. It says, will you take the college pledge? And you have to fill this choice out. The question, will you take the college pledge? You can either say, I agree. Or I am a racist hypocrite. So I don't know. This is uh, just something I thought was telling, amusing. And if it's not real now, how long till it is real? 
not the nation Israel, but is actually uh, a uh, an actual thing. Uh, this is, you know, with as crazy as everything is right now in America with the, the race lies and the race hustling, uh, you could actually believe that a group would actually do something so uh, so asinine as this alleged Dallas Justice Now has done. And they've got an interesting website. Again, it looks kind of old, like it's kind of antiquated looking. Uh, on their official page, if you go to Microsoft Bing, as I prefer that search engine to Google, uh, the first hit that comes up is Dallas Justice Now Tackling Institutional Racism in, in whatever it says. I guess it says Dallas, Texas. And it's got a, a, a quote by James Baldwin, noted communist trash bag. Uh, there's a blog you can read. You can learn about us. Take the pledge. Contact the team. And you can, of course, donate because they're not ever going to tell you you can't send the money that they can buy real estate with because why should black lives matter scam artists get all the good real estate that would be well <laughs> dare we say racistly racist and uh again they say they have two goals one defunding and redefining the dallas police department a department with a legacy of racism which continues to hunt black men and women cannot merely be reformed we must redefine community safety. I lived in Dallas. I never actually, in downtown Dallas, I never actually saw any Dallas police officer hunting a black person. I think that's called uh, bullshit is what it is. Uh, they want to end the Dallas police union. Uh, they want to end qualified immunity, which prevents cops from getting railroaded on bogus charges. And... They want Dallas police officers to quit treating communities of colors as battlefields and continue to dehumanize people of color and into discriminatory policing. And what else is there? And they don't like the public education system. No one likes the public education system. And on and on. The, the usual, eh, usual suspects, I guess. But I don't know if it's true or not, folks. I really don't. But you could believe that it's real, even if it's not. And I, I find it hard to believe, but, you know, that's the next step, I guess, is white guilt. You're going to prey on those guilty feelings of white people, especially white liberals who aren't that bright, that they need to sacrifice basically their own children's future. I mean, again, excuse me. You have a son or daughter, they're going to college soon. Can you give us the money you've saved for their college education? And they can go to like vocational school. They might actually be better going to vocational school in reality. Or maybe they can go to like a community college or something. But they don't need to go to a good college. You need to give the money to us for our children. Can you imagine any parent doing that? We've gone crazy, folks. We have gone crazy. And here's one more thing now on to campus reform i noted this in the intro arizona state they have tapped a music professor 
who applies critical race theory to her discipline. And again, her discipline is music. The school also employs their professor who argues that grading students' papers based on quality is white supremacy. You know, your paper's really good. The grammar's horrible. Your structure's terrible. You don't know when to end one paragraph and start a new one. But you're, you're not a white person, so I'm going to give you a good grade. I mean, come on. Uh, Arizona State is very proud of themselves. They touted their hiring of a music professor who applies critical race theory, don't you know? As detailed by ASU News, Joyce McCall will serve as an assistant professor in the School of Music, Dance, and Theater. The university outlet states that she is one of the few scholars whose music education research focuses on race and racism through critical race theory and double consciousness theory, as well as culturally relevant pedagogy. Pedagogy, excuse me. My mouth stopped working for a second there. I'm not sure what the hell double consciousness theory is. But whoever came up with it probably smoked a lot of pot. I'm just saying. McCall's research centers on how race, class, and culture impact educational equity. Equity is the new word for the left now. In music education, the article continues. She said she also examines how certain pedagogies such as culturally relevant teaching influence possibilities to engage minoritized racial populations in the music classroom and beyond. This is my dream job in a sense, she said, because this is an opportunity to do the work that I do and also be able to do it in a place that provides me with a space where I can thrive. In other words, they're going to they're gonna pay you good money for teaching absolute horse manure. Now, that's unfair. Horse manure will actually help plants grow. You can actually use that as fertilizer. You can make good, good things from it. This critical race theory and double consciousness theory and like whatever theory, dude, like, like uh, candy bars and racism in America in the 17th century. Yeah, I'm a professor in that. I mean, come on. This is garbage. That's all it is. All it's relevant. All it's ever going to be. Doctor McCall brings expertise and research interests that are critical. Critical, I say, to our path forward as a school focused on access, inclusion, and excellence. Here's a hint, Arizona State folks who make these decisions. If your school is for focused on inclusion and quote access, you're probably forsaking and sacrificing any pursuit of excellence because excellence is based on performance, ability, talent, skills, things like that. See, excellence doesn't know skin color or gender, whether you're right-handed, left-handed, whether you can write with your toes, whether you've ever had a squirrel as a pet, whether you identify as this, that, or the other thing, none of that matters to excellence. Excellence knows when you're excellent. Speaking of music, I put a post up uh, 
I post a guitar greatness post and have my some of my favorite guitarists and songs. I did Buddy Guy yesterday, who, if you know anything about the blues, rock, the guitar, you know that Buddy Guy is one of the one of the gods of guitar, and he was playing with. Uh, with Eric Clapton in one clip, and he had some couple other songs. Brilliant, brilliant entertainer. Buddy Guy is is just one of those people I could listen to all day and just go. I was on Napster actually yesterday, updating my list and going through Buddy Guy's albums and listening to different songs some I'd never heard before and adding them to playlists so I can listen to it sometimes when I write on the blog. I'm just killing time. Just want to hear some music. And it was song after song after song of Buddy Guy absolutely, absolutely delivering some of the most moving, incredibly moving, inspirational, and entertaining guitar licks you've ever heard in your life. The man, if you believe in God, and you believe God put certain people on earth for certain reasons, you know he put Clapton and Beck and Buddy Guy and certain other people on this earth to play the guitar. They're that good. And it is so fun to watch them, especially when a Clapton or a buddy guy or someone that plays with a young guy who's kind of just coming up. And they're super talented, but they're there with people that they idolize. And you see the joy in Clapton or, or buddy guys or Jeff Beck's face when they're, they're seeing how good this kid is. And they're knowing that when I'm no longer here, there are going to be people who can step up and do what I do and can carry on that, that art form because it is an art form. That's what music teachers be teaching about. The greatness of music, the great things it can do, but instead we're, we're somehow trying to attach racism to it. Now, when you teach the history of the blues, for instance, you're going to get into racial issues. That's fine. But teaching the art of music, you're not going to gain anything by uh, what is what is one of the things we hear now. Beethoven was had white privilege. All the composers had white privilege. I guess Mozart and, and all the rest and Tchaikovsky and, and Bach and Brahm and all of them had white privilege. Maybe we, we can't honor them anymore. And... Just to let you know, folks, McCall is not the only academic at Arizona State University who views the world through a racial lens. As campus reform reported in March, Professor Aso Anoue, who teaches first-year writing courses, wrote a book alleging that grading students' work, work based on quality is white supremacy and has no place in civilized society. We've got to purge it. While the qualities of student writing is still at the center of the classroom and feedback, it has no bearing on the course grade, he wrote. Why take our judgments of quality out of the tabulation of course grades and progress in a course? Because all grading and assessment exists within systems that uphold singular dominant standards that are racist and white supremacist when used uniformly. I mean, hey, if you say five times six is 30, or you say that the color red is spelled R-E-D, I could see the racism there, can't you folks? 
I mean, how outrageous. We won't write answers to it, to math problems. We won't think spelled correctly. We want sentence structure to be, you know, verbs used as verbs and nouns used as nouns. How dare we? Look, if a student has really good ideas and they express them well, but their spelling sucks and their sentence structure sucks, then take them aside and say, this is good work, but you're too sloppy. There are certain rules to writing, certain rules to math. This, these are just basic things. They're trying to teach everyone that no matter what they do, they're never supposed to be criticized. They're always, if they feel it, it's right. Quality doesn't matter. Standards don't matter. And look, I, I am one that says certain standards are applied in asinine ways. See, in the real world, in certain jobs. But common sense is something that could be used but when you're grading things that are a and b okay it's ridiculous to say well this was a spelling bee and you spelled the first five words wrong but we're going to let continue to let you in the spelling bee if you want to write then you have to learn to write correctly nothing wrong with that doesn't mean you exclude ideals it means you're teaching people how to write. Uh, it's completely ridiculous. Meanwhile, at Arizona State, a communications class at ASU assigned students the task of consuming anti-racism lectures and podcasts. You really should give them my podcast and just listen to me. You don't have to listen to the anti-racism BS. I'm the ultimate anti-racist. You know why? Because I don't give a rat's ass what your skin color is. That's true anti-racism. One assignment in that, of course, reads for the next seven days, you need not commit to at least one practice or idea around doing the inner work of anti-racism. Let me read that again. For the next seven days, that's called a week, boys and girls. You need to commit to do at least one practice or idea around doing the inner work of anti-racism. Now, that's some good writing there, isn't it? Yeah. Someone needs structure. But uh, unbelievable. Ben Zeisloff, give him credit for that information from Arizona State University. Wow. I mean, nothing matters anymore. Science is not science. Math is not math. Writing, it doesn't matter. No standards. And when you have no standards, you know what you soon have? Blithering idiots. Of course, blithering idiots are much easier to trick into accepting Marxism and destroying their country. Remember that. Remember, you have to be able to think Leftism so much of it is about emoting, not thinking. Analyzation, really thinking on something, they don't like that. They want you to react. React and emote. Here's a headline, here's a meme, here's a bumper sticker. Read that bumper sticker and react. Emotionalize everything. Don't think, don't research, 
Don't study. Don't pretend there's a quote right or wrong answer. Go with your feelings. Hey, going with your feelings works sometimes. Sometimes it'll get you into trouble. Sometimes it'll get your heart broke. And sometimes it will lead you to doing disastrous and making disastrous decisions for your life and for the future of your country. They don't want education. They want indoctrination. Don't forget that, folks. And one final thing. I want to say a very special thank you to Verizon. Yes, you, Verizon. You're a really big company. <clears throat> and I want to thank you for your store that, uh, that I went to the other day because I have a, a Samsung smartphone. I will need a charger for it. So I called this local Verizon store and I said, do you have a charger for this type of Samsung phone? They said, you know what? We do. I said, you know what? I'll be right there. Then I walked in the door. Guy behind the counter says, hey, how can I help you today? Or words to that effect. I said, well, I just called on the phone. He goes, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, your charger's right over here. Came out from behind the counter, grabbed the charger. He goes, if you need USB to USB-C, that's what you need. I said, that'll work. He said, okay, let me ring you up. Great. Perfect. Easy. Convenient. Problem solved, right? Wrong. So I get my wallet out. I get my debit card out. And I'm waiting for him to prompt me to uh, put the debit card in so I can pay for get in a bag and leave with my new charging cord. Simple. Could not be easier. Okay, well, I need your name, sir. So why do you need my name? Uh, it's just our policy. We need your first and last name. We, well, if you were to return it, I said, well, if I choose not to give my name or don't want to, and I'll forsake the opportunity to return it. I'll just eat the cost because I'm kind of tired of being asked for my personal information, my email, my name, my address, my phone number, only to be berated for ads after ads after ads. Okay, it gets old. You're probably going through the same thing. Going, I'm tired of having to give my name. How much does it cost? Here's the money. Thank you very much. It's easy. As well as our policy, sir. And I said, you're telling me. It's a charging cord. There's no need for you to ask my name. And they, of course, probably thought I was being an ass. But it's just that, that thing that strikes you when you've had enough of the BS. And you, there's no purpose in it except for what I'm talking about. I said, I'm, to be honest, I'm tired of every corporation I turn to. Insurance quotes, whatever it is, I have to give this information, that information, only to be only to be in, in, inundated with emails, text messages, phone calls, etc. I'm tired of it. I just want to buy the charging cord and leave. We can't sell it to you without your name. I said, really? I said, this phone right here, I came in here and I bought a, a protector, protective case for this phone. Uh, nobody asked for me for my ID. And a thought hit my mind at one point, just make up a name. Just make something up. But I was so pissed at this point. I'm like, you see, you're not going to sell me this if you don't know my my name. My, Well, we, that's our policy, sir. I said, okay, well, you know what? 
tell whoever made that decision they're one of the stupidest sons of bitches in the world and they probably will lose their business because they have no clue what they're doing it's called customer service they need to rehab an adult read it to them what the idea of that is and they're both looking at me like and i didn't want to give them a hard time it's not their fault it's not their policy and i felt bad for them because their their minds their common sense is probably going to sell in the damn thing make up a name but anyway, it was the principle of it. So I still need to find a charging cord somewhere for my, my Samsung phone. But maybe I, maybe it's just me. Or maybe I've just had enough of being, being continuously asked for some type of my, my email address, my home address, my phone number, my email, my this, my that. Enough. Enough. People want to go in a store. They want to buy something. But they want to leave. If I want to sign up for your club membership, give me a little pamphlet. Tells me what I'll do, and I put it in a bag. Otherwise, shut up and sell me what the hell I'm trying to buy. Is it that hard? Apparently so. This is Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator blog. Remember, if you wish to support this blog. This podcast, the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast, or the Daily Gator blog, go, if you wish to do a monthly subscription type, this go to Anchor. You can sign up very easily, very quickly, and you can choose an amount to, to, uh, to donate per month, if you like. If you don't, no, no biggie, no hassle. And if you can go to the Daily Gator blog, you can give a one-time donation by hitting the PayPal button on the first post. It says, buy now. Completely your choice. Not going to pressure you. What did I just finish saying about Verizon? And yeah, I'm not going to demand that if you listen to this podcast, that you give me your email. Or if you read the blog, I have to have your email or your phone number. Of course not. Unless you're attractive and single and female. Then, hey, let me know. But anyway, thank you for listening, my friend. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right, and you probably run Verizon. God bless America. And yes, go Gators. Come on in, UTNOU. Let's see what we can do for you. Let's make the most powerful conference in the history of sports even more powerful. Take care, my friends. God bless you. We'll talk to you very soon. Take care.